is this welcome welcome all here into the studio on sports saturday brought to you courtesy of b&b bagels you're listening to knc sports here on kcou 88.1 fm columbia the student voice of the missouri tigers my name is kyle jones and i am joined as always by my good friend cole tusing cole how's it hanging I'm doing good. You know, we just had our first show on Tuesday, so we have a lot to talk about. But here, we have a lot to talk about. For example, Mizzou is playing at Mizzou Arena against the ranked LSU Tigers. And not only that, but the SEC Big 12 Challenge in basketball has been renounced. So we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, I've got plus a some, couple games of that going on. Plus, um, you know, NBA All-Star talk, especially with Oladipo being injured with his replacement. Yep, and, uh, you know, obviously that'll be something that we can really dive into. A couple of other games that I personally want to look around. I know the FA Cup is going on right now. I can uh, I can provide a little bit of an update uh, as, soon as, I, as soon as I find the scores. Uh, so before we hit the break, I'm going to give a small update on the FA Cup. Everton currently up 2-1 on Millwall in the 72nd minute. I believe that uh, that match is being played in Millwall, uh, Acton Stanley lost to Darby County. Uh, Frank, Frank Lampard's boys still uh, experiencing success, but they're gonna be uh, they're gonna lose uh, Jack Bogle in the 90s on a red, so he'll be uh, he'll be uh, uh, he'll be off for the uh, next match that uh, that uh, Darby plays. Sorry, Jaden Bogle. Um, other than those two, a uh, couple of games still going on. Uh, Brighton Novalbian tied West Brom. Doncaster beat Oldham. City stomping Burnley 5-0. And then Newport Millsborough tying. Uh, yesterday was the big one, though. Uh, the you know Definitely the match of the round. Cole, Manchester United going into the Emirates, into London, and beating Arsenal Three to one in a stellar match, uh, but that's all for the FA Cup. Uh, we're gonna take a break here, and when we come back, we'll start getting into the NBA and the rest of it. So stay tuned here on KNC Sports. Columbia, check out a concert at Cafe Berlin. Looking for that great brunch after a fun night? Cafe Berlin has you covered for that, too. Check out their stacked concert schedule and brunch menu at CafeBerlinComo.com or check them out at 220 North 10th Street. Also, follow them on Twitter and Facebook at Cafe Berlin and on Instagram at Cafe Berlin Como. If you like Mizzou athletics, then you're going to love Salute Your Sports. From Mizzou softball to soccer to football and basketball, we cover everything Tigers. Join Chris Mitchell, James Stanley, and myself, Matthew Terry, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 in the afternoon on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and online at KCOU.FM. Also, be sure to follow Salute Your Sports on Twitter at, again, KCOU Sports. We hope to see you there. Bring them out, bring them out. KCOU would like to thank Shakespeare's Pizza for their support. Shakespeare's has three convenient locations at 225 South 9th Street, 
3911 Peachtree Drive and 3304 West Broadway, meaning wherever you are in Columbia, you are never far away from one of Columbia's most renowned restaurants. To check out their full menu, go to Shakespeare's.com. Thank you, Shakespeare's, for supporting Student Radio. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. So as I said before the break, uh, Cole and I, were going to be breaking down some uh, NBA news. Let's just start with the general news. Uh, you know, obviously sp- scores around the league, you know, a couple games last night. Rockets uh, beating the Raptors 121 to 119. Um, with Harden putting up 35 points once again, Harden getting above that 30-point marker. Cole, what do you make of Harden's season at this point? Well, when you talk about James Harden, you have to remember he, you know, he's been in the MVP consideration for the past few years, and he finally was the third OKC player to get an MVP award right after Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. But Harden... I know we've talked about this before with the Rockets state with like, you know, losing a bunch of players, you know, getting Carmelo Anthony in the offseason. And then having Carmelo Anthony bust on them as well. Like that's that's just his biggest storyline is getting him. As well as, you know, Chris Paul being injured and Clint Capella. So you're the Houston Rockets fan. I'm the Bulls fan. And, you know, I think I ranted enough or probably not on Tuesday about the whole Carmelo Anthony situation. What the management is doing in the future with trying to tank for Zion, but you're more of the Rockets fans. So, part of, I've been looking at Twitter a lot, and a lot of people are saying that they're thinking that Harden's season is so far very underwhelming. Which I disagree with. Um, I think the Rockets as a team, their season has been underwhelming. Twenty-eight and twenty at this point in the at this point in the year is not how I saw them playing. Uh, I expected them to be a whole lot better. I expected them to be a probably a thirty-five win team at this point. Um, which you know the fact is they're still like top of the division. They're still in a playoff spot, so it really doesn't matter, right? In terms of you know. In the NBA, the regular season doesn't matter. It's all about just getting to the postseason and, you know, bossing it up in the playoffs. So we don't know. Maybe Harden goes off in the playoffs. He usually doesn't. Maybe it'll change this season. But in terms of Harden as a player being underwhelming, I I most assuredly dispute that claim because he, you know, I mean, just look what he's been doing, right? Like, he's, he's had, a, I think it's like a, a, a 10-game streak at this point. Where he's putting thir- at least 35 a game. He, yeah. had, he had that, like, you know, four or five game run where he was putting in 40 a game. Had 61 at MSG. To, to say that Harden is underwhelming, I think is very uh, incorrect. Um, obviously, you know, defensively he's not, you know, people people give him crud for his, uh, for his effort on defense, but he has improved. And if you watch him, especially last night, like he shut down Kawhi right at the end, right in the clutch. Like Kawhi Leonard had a chance to, to win the game for the Raptors. He had a chance to hit a buzzer beating three and Harden, uh, Harden locked them, Harden locked him down. You know? I think why people, you know, say that Harden is very underwhelming because, you know, after coming off an MVP <laughs> year and, when you look at his numbers, obviously his scoring is, 
you know, really good or anything, especially that helps, you know, being pretty much the only star healthy on this Rockets team. But, you know, his team efficiency percentages are down. And you have to consider as a whole, well, yeah, this like, is not the same Houston Rockets team that should have gone to the NBA Finals last year. Well, here's, here's, my, here's my thought, right? So, yeah, his assists are down, way down. Um, and, and career average, career average though, his assist per game is 6.2. He's got 8.2 uh, APG this season so far. Um, and you could argue that it would be a whole lot more if he wasn't literally putting an entire G League team on his back. You know? Like, when Chris Paul gets healthy and when Clint Capella gets back to, you know, a little bit fuller health and this team starts melding together more, Right. And, you know, God forbid, would they go sign some people in free agency or do a trade to actually get decent players? Right. Uh, but once, you know, once Harden gets his backup in with, with Chris Paul and Clint Capella and all that. Watch those assist numbers go up. Right. Because you can't get assists if your teammates don't score. Right. Like that's that's part of it. And also, you know, just in general, He's finding himself in open lanes, and that's why his that's why his uh, his points per game has increased, and that's why his uh, his assists have gone down because because uh, he, he's finding more space to to work with and to get points himself. You don't need assists if you're going to pick up the points yourself. Okay, so let me set a case study here with two players that have taken quote unquote G League teams are not you know, contenders and, you know, got assist numbers and just deliver points. I have two players, and I'm just going to say the two players, and I want you to get your critique. Number one, of course, Russell Westbrook, when he got that triple-double record that beat Oscar Robson, he had guys like Steven Adams, yep. Andre Roberson. Yep. All right, now let's take another look at player. LeBron James with, with J.R. Smith, yep, with Jordan that, Clarkson, with that without Kyrie Irving, without Kevin Love. With Tristan Thompson and brought them to the NBA Finals, yeah. And you look at that. I think those are. I think those are two great comparisons. Now, obviously, I don't think that James Harden is going to lead this team to the NBA Finals. He in needs its, to in its, in its current. In my state. mind, he needs to. I to, to to justify getting the MVP. I don't think so. Guys, justify himself as a great player he's, and he's possibly going the Hall of Fame. I, I I don't I I think he's it, it might take a little bit I think yeah obviously if he really wants to cement a Hall of Fame esque legacy then you know getting to the finals at least once in his career for the love of God would be you know crucial but in terms of just like you know being considered a great player I mean he's yeah he's a great player already like that's that's not even me being that's not even me, even me being a biased you know Rockets fan the guy's averaging 36 points per game and almost 10 assists per game right and yeah defensively not very good but he makes up for his lax defense with stellar offense in which you know I'm always of the mindset that the best defense is a good offense right so if you can just outscore your opponent especially in basketball that's like, you know, that's what you want to do. In football, it's a, it's a little bit of a different story, you know? But in basketball, like, if you can if you can just set a higher a higher scoring pace than your opponent, if you can drive the lane, get points on every play, go for it, right? Um, 
obviously in this situation, you know, when you when you compare James Harden's situation with Westbrook and LeBron, I think he is definitely closer. Uh, it's it's a great comparison with Russell Westbrook, and of course Russell Westbrook won the MVP the year that he broke the triple double record, but he didn't go like he didn't go far in the playoffs. You know, like this was that was not a, a championship contending team. It looked great because Westbrook was playing like a boss, but they didn't go that far. And I think we're going to see a similar situation with the Rockets, unless Chris Paul and Clint Capella come back healthy and start really putting things into high gear, right? Because in that case, yeah, this team could go to the Western Conference Finals. They won't beat the Warriors because that is an unstoppable dynasty. But if you can if you can go toe-to-toe in the Western Conference Finals with the Warriors, cool, go ahead. Then that, I think, is just as good. Because you look at the current climate, like, like, LeBron took that trashy Cavs team to the finals, and his one roadblock was really the, the the Celtics, right? That was that was Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. And if I remember correctly, was, Kyrie played, didn't he, or was he or was he hurt? Are you talking about the year the Warriors won their first championship in twenty fifteen? I think I'm talking. Yeah, I might be. I might be. Because if that w- that was the year where Kyrie Irving got injured, game one, the NBA Finals. That's right. That's right. Wrong time. No, no. Last season, when when LeBron took the dumpster fire to the finals. Oh yeah, I see what we're saying. But yeah, um, Kyrie was. I don't I believe Kyrie was playing. Yeah, I don't think he was playing either. So, the the Celtics were without their best player. Same with uh, what's his name, Hayward. Yeah, they were without yeah. Kyrie Hayward. They literally just led with Tatum. Yeah, they led with, with they led with, Ch- with Tatum, which you know credit credit to Tatum, but they, you know they, they weren't gonna have a chance, you know. So LeBron, all, all LeBron had to do was be himself because LeBron's you know the greatest player of all time, you know. So it's a different deal with the Rockets because unless unless hell freezes over and the Warriors suddenly every player on that team just breaks an ankle. You're not going to stop the Golden State Warriors, especially not if you're the Rockets in in their current state. Okay, but let me ask you a question here. So, you know, I was talking about Westbrook and LeBron, another name that just triggered my memory. And we've talked about this in debate with, you know, LeBron being a great player. Allen Iverson AI. against there you, it, the 01 Lakers, yeah, which was one of the greatest teams in NBA history. And he the, took a team with... Yeah, and the 76ers who had nothing, and he... Eric Snow was their second best player. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, obviously, AI is... Yeah, once again, genera- generational talent. You know, I could... I think that's an apt comparison. Um, but also, if you look at... You know, and you, you look at the Lakers, right? The Lake, that, that 01 Lakers team was stellar. You know? So I think you know I think you, you you have a point in that in order to really you know to justify you know you know if we're looking long term to justify a Hall of Fame birth to really put him up there as you know one of the greatest players if Harden wants to do that for himself Rockets do need to make you know make the finals hell they might even need to win you know and you know. Lord above, they do win. I I will go crazy, but that's just you know, that's just me being a you know a, a psycho Rockets fan. Let's just say they go to the Covens Finals and they 
choke two years in a row and an opportunity to go to the NBA Finals, or they go to the NBA Finals, but they don't win the championship this season. The top free agents are Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Kemba, Jokic. What's the Rockets' move here? If they don't win, and even if they do win, honestly, because you always want you always want to keep on improving. I mean, you might want to consider signing either Kemba or, uh, or or Jokic. I'm surprised you said Kemba there because the Rockets already have CP3. I know, but CP3 is not going to stay around for too much longer. I mean, he's he's getting old, you know. And to have Kemba there would be nice. And then if you get Kemba, I mean, CB3 is still, still a good player. Kemba is pr- arguably probably on an equal caliber, maybe better. And CB3 has shown to be a little bit injury prone. He got hurt a little bit last season. He was hurt. He's been hurt this season. Trade off CB3 for either picks or another good player, right? And there you go. Plus, that frees up cap space because you know Chris Paul takes up a whole lot of cap space, right? I think that's an interesting point, but I think we should move on to the NBA All Star lineups. Yep. Here, let me uh, let me pull them up, and uh, we can start running down who's on where and what's going to go on with that because it's an interesting prospect the NBA All-Star Game. It's one of those things that you look at and, you know, the the game itself does not matter. But it's always fun to to look at, you know, who's on what team and, you know, and all that good stuff. So, let me see if I can find a good good graphic or something that shows it. So, basically, it's... Team LeBron on the Western yeah, Conference. It's, which is team, weird. It's, it's, it's weird to say that. It's Team LeBron in the West. Yeah, it's the first time we've ever said that, and it feels wrong. Versus Team, team Giannis. Giannis. Which is well-deserved, frankly. You know? Um, so, for the West, obviously LeBron. But then you've also got Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Paul George, and James Harden. Right? Which I mean, those those guys are all great. For the East, you got Giannis, and then uh, Joel Embiid, who definitely deserves that. Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and Kimba Walker. And frankly, I uh, I really think that that's a I think that's a great mix of folks, and I think that all those guys really deserve to be in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And looking at this. Now, let's just say this wasn't all starting. Let's just say this was a starting lineup and this was a starting lineup. Which team do you think is better, the West or the East? West. Because I'm personally saying East. Ah, no, no, no. I'm saying East. I got to say West. You You got LeBron, KD, Steph Harden, right? Plus, Paul George is, is good in his own right. Then on the then on the bench, if you want to look at the bench players for this, right? You're gonna I was, have, re- I was just referring to the starting lineup. Okay, so so in terms of starting lineups, I I'm still going with the West. Like, yeah, I think that Giannis is good, but LeBron is better. I think that Kawhi is a great player, but arguably Kevin Durant might be better. They're probably about equal, you know. Then you look at backcourt. Kyrie's great, but Steph Curry is better. That's just categorically, that's how that works, you know? 
Um, Kemba is great. James Harden's better, right? And then, you know, going going down, let's just go down the line. Paul George, great player. Joel Embiid, better. That's like the one place, that's like the one place where the Eastern Conference wins, right? You know, so, so let's go down a little bit more. Jason Tatum, he'll be on the bench. I'd say I'd put, you know, I put Anthony Davis and Jason Tatum around the same caliber, just about equal. Luka Doncic is better than Jimmy Butler, especially this season. Luka Doncic is on one heck of a hot streak. I've never seen a man play so well, like, in a, you know, just coming right out the gate than Luka Doncic. The stuff that he does is incredible, you know? We're looking at the dawn of a new star in Luka Doncic. You know? Let's look at some of the other guys for the West. Nikola Jokic, great player. Draymond Green, underrated. Warriors would not be the same team without him. Carl Anthony Towns doesn't get enough credit. LaMarcus Aldridge for the Spurs, he's good, right? Derrick Rose got third in voting for the West in terms of backcourt. You look at the Eastern Conference backcourt guy, number three is Dwayne Wade, right? Which, Dwayne Wade, legend, right? And honestly, at this point, maybe equal with Derrick Rose, but Derrick Rose's story and the way that he's come back from everything that happened is so much more compelling to me, which makes me consider him a better all-star candidate, you know? Because he's come back and put together a great season. You know? What is... What is one thing on this list of players, Cole? You, you look at it and you say, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Which of these things does not belong? Well, if you remember our show on Tuesday, we were talking about how Jeremy Lin personally does not belong in the All-Star game, and he yep. is not he, yep, he, in the front got, court. He got out of the backcourt, I mean. Yeah, he, he got out of that backcourt running. You know, thank God someone made the right decision. Um, now, here's one. Victor Oladipo is currently fifth in the backcourt in the Eastern Conference. Which he deserves. It, it, arguably, no, I'm, I'm just... Yeah. I was just referencing because of his injury and Bradley Beal and Kyle Lauer should go above him. Obviously, yeah. Well, well obviously, he's, he's going to wind up sitting out the game. So, I think this raises an interesting question. Who do you have replace him? Bradley Beal. Well, well Bradley Beal's seven. Like... You know these these ten guys. That's not saying Bradley Beal or Kyle Lowry. Oh, I think I think Kyle Lowry goes over Bradley Beal. But like, if you had to keep everything as it was and slot in an extra person into this top ten for the backcourt for the East, who do you pick? Honestly, I'm gonna go with Bradley Beal. Well, but like he's he's number seven. So what I'm saying is. Now there's only nine. There's only a top nine in the Eastern Conference backcourt. So I'm not saying who slots in at number five, but, like, everyone now arbitrarily moves up a spot, right? So who now occupies the, the, the number 10 spot? Oh, I spot? see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You got it? Because I, I don't really... I don't really know too many too many guys in the East that really you can say 
Like when when Eric Bledsoe's your number ten, right? Like he's good, but he's nothing. He's not. He's not a standout, you know. Jeremy Lin doesn't belong there. I I think I'm just having trouble. I, I think have, the only name that comes to mind who would sign as number ten is Goran Dragic. Yes, Goran Dragic. That's who I was looking for. I was like, I know there's some guy. There's got to be some guy a slider. Goran Dragic, I think, is a good. That's a good. Uh, a good shout for him. I think that that is. That's definitely um, someone who I would consider to be. You know, to belong, right? Um, any anyone else who you, you kind of think, like you know, you know, who who are we, who are we thinking of? Honestly, no. So, you asked me, so, if you could pick one player, if you have one, which name do you think does not belong in the West or the East front or back court? West or East, front or back. Give me just a sec. I got to think about this. I got to think about this because there's a lot of the guys in there who really do belong, you know? Uh, But in terms of this top ten... Um, Lonzo Ball. He's he's slotted in at number nine on the backcourt for the West. He's above Chris Paul, which Chris Paul's been hurt as heck for the entire season. So, you know, I don't... Honestly, I guess if, if we really had to be serious, I wouldn't put Chris Paul in there because he doesn't have enough of a body of work to justify it, right? He's, he's missed a lot, uh, but... Other than him, Lonzo Ball. Now, in terms of in terms of who I replace him with, that's a that's a whole story, enti- a whole different story entirely. Um, because you know, you look at you look at the Western Conference in terms of backcourt guys. You know, I I can't really put my put my my you know put my hand on a single like specific guy, right? Like, hmm. I'm just trying to, like, guards in the West, right? J.J. Beret, he's always decent, but he's not that quality. Right? Bradley Beal's already on for the East. In the West, uh... Marco Bellinelli can play guard, but he's usually more of a forward. Like, that doesn't really work. Patrick Beverly, but he's never, like, you know, great. Like, this is the problem that we face now. Is like, yeah, we can take off Lonzo, but who do you replace him with, right? Like, Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich? Like, no, that doesn't really work, right? So, I mean, I guess by process of elimination, Lonzo Ball gets in, right? For, for the top ten. But do I want him there? Not really. Centers, that's, you, you put that in his front court, right? So, so Clint Capella would not go in as a guard. Hmm. Herm, this is a, uh, this is an interesting, an interesting dilemma we face here. Cole, do you have anyone who, in particular, you would replace Lonzo Ball with? Um, honestly, nothing comes to mind. You know, when I see the guards, I see 
you know, players that should be there. Like Damian Lillard should be there. Clay Thompson should be there. Obviously, Steph Curry, you know, is there. So yeah, there's DeMar not DeRozan's, really a player that Demar Derozan's there. I, I always put Demar Derozan in there. I mean, he's he's a great player. Yeah, there's not really a player that is underrated that should be there. And if you remember from last year, we were talking about players that we had more of a discussion of players that should be replacing stats wise. But this year, I think I think they. Overall, God, pretty good. Overall, I think both the media, the, you know, everyone who wound up voting, I think, you know, got it right this season, which you you can't always say, but I think definitely, you know, everyone who should be there is there, and I don't really see too many guys who you know don't belong, right? Like, I mean, what do you want to do? Put Darren Fox over Lonzo Ball? Like, nah, not really, you know. Darren Fox is special, though. I think... I think he'll be... I put this on Twitter, but I'm saying five years, Darren Fox is going to be an MVP caliber player. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Give him time, but not yet, right? Give him, like, maybe two or three more years. He'll be great. But, once again, you still need those two or three more years. So, here's an another interesting thing to kind of talk about before we move on. Who now that you know the All Star the All Star game kind of represents the midway point of the of the season. Who is your mid midway through MVP? Well, in the very preseason, I picked Giannis to win MVP. He's and I'm to, sticking with it. He's putting together a case. He is putting together a case. I'll give you that. Um, I'm gonna and the you know this is my Rockets bias showing, but I'm gonna go with James Harden. Solely on the fact that this man is putting up all sorts of points, you know, like maybe he's not getting the triple du- triple doubles that you know that Russell Westbrook was putting up, but the amount of points he's putting up, and the fact that you know, you look at the definition of most valuable player, right? The Rockets would be dead without James Harden. Legitimately, one of the worst teams in the NBA without him. You know? Like, that's his influence. So I'm going to go with James. Um, Following up with that, who is your rookie of the year so far? Well, you know, every, you know, preseason, I, you know, make my picks on Twitter, but originally, I had Jaron Jackson as my rookie of the year, but... I think I'm going to go with the bias and stick with everyone else and say Luka Doncic is win rookie of the year. I, I can see no other option unless somebody comes out of nowhere, which I don't think they will. Luka has been on fire, and, and I hate the Mavs. That's just like, that's a that's a deep down Houston thing. Just don't like the Mavs. I don't like anything from Dallas, like sports-wise, you know? But we love Luka Doncic. But I love Luka Doncic. <laughs> I mean, like, that guy is so good, and it, it doesn't make sense. It, it actually does, um, and, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. He's a rookie in the NBA, yes, but he honed his craft in Europe, and I think that that makes all the difference. I think the League, you know, maybe not as competitive as the NCAA, but I think you you get more... You get you hone your skills better as a professional basketball player 
it's, it's still professional basketball at the end of the day. And what I'm saying is, I think you, you get a better wealth of experience and a better wealth of growth by playing professional basketball in Europe than you do from being a one-and-done in the NCAA. I can see that because, I mean, we can talk about players who, you know, got injured in college or, you know, one-and-done that they didn't really harness their craft enough to go to the NBA. I mean, I guess one example with Mizzou here, Michael My, Porter. He's not ready for the NBA. Um, he's going to, when he gets healthy, he's not going to be very good. I'm calling that right now. And a lot, a lot of people will probably be mad at me for that, uh, especially if you're a Nuggets fan. But genuinely, I think he's not, he, he's not going to suck, but he's not going to be great. Like, he, he'll, he'll do his job. But in terms of turning heads, MPJ is not going to do it. You know, he's been sat, he's been sat on the sidelines for like, you know, a year and a half now. His only, his last basketball experience, true basketball experience, except for like, you know, two games, right, was in high school. Like, that's I mean, no, unless you consider the Forest State March Madness game. I, I mean, once again, aside from two games, one where he got spanked in the SEC tournament, and one where he got absolutely pocketed in the in you know the NCAA tournament, right? Like he didn't have any impact. This team, you know, that, that team would have been dead in the water even without him. You know, so yeah, he's not ready, and I don't know if he if he ever will be if he keeps getting hurt. And this is a good segue before we go to Mizzou basketball in the SEC Big Twelve. What about his brother Jonte? I think Jonte needs to come I think Jonte is more set for the NBA than Michael Porter. He's got he's got a whole NCAA season under his belt, um, in which he played very well. Um, but I think that he needs to come back for another year. Um, I think I think he I think he needs it. Uh at the very least for his, you know, quote unquote draft stock. Uh but more than that, just to hone his craft. Uh but we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, uh Mizzou playing LSU tonight. You can hear that game live here on KCOU, and we're going to build you up for that one, so don't go away. Playing the old... Got a different girl every day of the week. It's cool, not trying to put a rush on you. I had to let you know that I got a rush on you. And the new... Beautiful morning. Columbia. Life can be dramatic, but day-to-day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Beep. You reached KCLU. Please leave a message. Thank you. Welcome back to 
KNC Sports here on Sports Saturday here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Mizzou baseball and softball are back this spring on KCOU 88.1 FM and online at KCOU.FM and on KCOU Sports. Every home series and select road series will be broadcast here on KCOU, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Mizzou baseball and softball is brought to you all season long by B&B Bagel and Sports Saturday, which you're tuning into right now, also brought to you by B&B Bagel. So a big thanks to them. Uh, so, Cole, it is now time for us to discuss tonight's matchup between the Missouri Tigers and the Tigers of Louisiana State University. Um, Tiger, Mizzou... Uh, and we, we thought they were finally building momentum. We thought they were building something after they go into College Station and they kick A&M right in the teeth, right? I mean, they, they, they went in there and they just beat the snot out of them. And then they go and, you know, they go and play Arkansas and it was a whole different ball game. You know? So... You know, luckily, luckily, uh, you know when the when the Tigers went to A and M, they were able to snap the three game losing streak that they were on, but they let one go against Arkansas. So, what do they need to do to recapture what we thought they had after they beat A and M? I'm just gonna say to you straight, they're not tonight. When you take a look at this, I mean, sure they played ranked Tennessee, Alabama. So far, at home, so this is going to be the third conference game at home. They are winless at home. They have only played and won one conference game out of Tennessee, South Carolina, Alabama, at a we just discussed, and at Arkansas. LSU is ranked for a reason. Last year, Mizzou went into LSU, and they lost by two off a last-second layup. I'm just going to say that right. LSU is going to win by double digits. Double digits? You think it's going to be that bad? And not only that, but, I mean, the turnout at Mizzou Arena so far as he's not just in conference play, but just in general, is non-existent. Yeah, and I'll agree with you on that. Um, and I think my 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 first question leading off of that is, um, honestly, I guess, what do the Tigers need to do to even have, like, a slim chance in this game? Limit the turnovers. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing. That's the only thing they can hope for, is it? Like to not commit twenty turnovers. Like this is probably the most turnover happy team I've ever watched play the game of basketball. You know, I've never seen someone commit like twenty turnovers in one game. Like it's outrageous. You yeah, know, we were talking about it on Tuesday. Like, what are the chances of this team goes back to back? Attorneys in March Madness, and I think at this they're point, very slim. Yeah, I think it's at this point it might be non-existent. You know, like hello NIT at the best. You know, can't wait to go to the Big Apple to watch that stuff. You know, at least we get to broadcast something from what? Do they play the NIT at MSG anymore? Like, is that even a, like a viable tournament location? I don't even know, to be honest, but... I don't even know if they play it in MSG anymore. They might just go over to uh, Syracuse and play at the Carrier Dome. You know? Like, hope you like that stuff, because it ain't like we're going to, the, you know, March Madness. It seems like, you know, 
The amount of turn turnovers this team does, you know, this team, you know, it's, it's lucky we got to 10 wins. My God. You know? And if you remember, you predicted 21 wins this season. I predicted 19. I, we're both going to be wrong. We're, we're going to be dead wrong. Um, but, but there's promise, right? Like, Tillman's been getting a little bit better at staying out of the fouls. Xavier Pinson is a player who I can't wait to watch develop, you know? Like, he, he, he excites me, uh, Xavier Pinson. Uh, Ronnie Suggs, not so much. Same with Can- same with KJ Santos. Um, uh, you know, other than that, like, I-, I I wish Adam Wolf played more. Like, <laughs> here's the problem I'm seeing on the schedule. Like, sure, you have to play Tennessee and South Carolina; those are tough games. But the toughest games this season for Mizzou. Are later down the road when you put play at Florida, you play Kentucky, yeah, you mean, play A and M again, A and M again, you play Georgia, and it will be at home, so it won't be as tough. Auburn, Auburn on at Al- Auburn at Auburn in like literally four days, like they're dead, they're so dead. It, on the road at Tennessee, they will lose by like twenty. Like it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be so ugly. On the road against a number twenty ranked Mississippi, ugh. Kentucky's coming here on the road at Florida. That might you might have a chance there. Florida's not that good, but still, they might beat them. You know, you never know. Not especially, especially not with this team. You know. So we talked about the turnovers. What's another big problem for this program? Recruiting. You know, <laughs> we're not getting any got any of the five star recruits from up in St. Louis or from Kansas City. You know, Michael Porter Jr. was a fluke, right? Like, yeah, there's some guys like Xavier Penson who they develop, and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's going to be nice in, like, two years. Uh, but then you realize that that's, like, the only thing that's going to be nice in two years. Well, here's the thing with five-star recruits. Five-star recruits will go to programs that, like, are not only worthy in their conference, but just on a national level. Like, think of... Schools like Kentucky. Five-star recruits will go where they think that they can make a difference and they think that they can get some draft stock. You look at, you know, you look at Missouri and you you can't help but think that this is like, you know, one or two guys to plug in for a year or two from being back to what they were last year, maybe a smidge bit better. You know? Like, you got, there's there's a base there. There's a base there that you can work with, right? Guys like Xavier Pinson, Javon Pickett's not that bad. John Tay, if he comes back, would be huge, right? Um, Mark Smith is is shooting incredibly well from three, right? Mitchell Smith, I haven't seen much of, but Jeremiah Tillman's starting to clean up his game, and that's big. Torrance Watson, we haven't seen that much of, you know, either, but like, so so there's there's a basis there. Those are all like the soft the those are all like the freshmen, right? Like every every guy who I named there was either a freshman or a sophomore, right? So that's like a good base. If you have a good solid guy come in and plug into that system 
and make things work, this team could be good, you know? So it's just a matter of Conzo Martin getting another guy to believe in this program, come in, and show that they can make a difference. The problem is, I don't know if Conzo Martin can do that. Because I don't know if there's anything to... I don't know if, you know, when you look at this team, if there's too much to believe in, you know? Like, it's going to take some serious convincing to get, in, to get a guy to come here who's, you know, a five-star caliber player. When there's not even a big turnout at Missouri, especially by Mizzou students, that yeah, definitely is a when, problem. Especially when Mizzou students don't give a crud. Like, no one cares. You know? And it's so bad. That is so just terrible. The the mentality uh, that the mentality that Mizzou students have regarding our regarding our athletics is terrible. Just absolutely terrible. No one cares. No one goes. And we always just assume we're going to lose. You know? It's ugly. Now, here's the thing from last year. You kind of mentioned it, but I'm going to try to build off that a little bit. Last year, the team had success and they got wins against ranked Tennessee, ranked Kentucky, which we talked about. It's probably a fluke, but... The main difference from this season's team and last season's team is last season, the team had a foundation to be great. They, even though Michael Porter was injured, they had Jonte Porter, who, you know, should have been a high school freshman. This should be his freshman year. Cassius Come in Robertson, and develop. Cass Robson, Jordan Barnett, Barnett yeah. Jeremiah Tillman, Purrier. We don't like to talk. We don't like to talk about him, but even Terrence Phillips was good when, he, you know, when he was on the court. You and know. now this season... I mean, sure, Mark Smith has a lot to play for. Perrier's decent, but he's not to there's write. Not, there's no foundation from what there was last year. It's, it's a young team, and that's that's partly what excites me and partly what has me really scared, right? Cause this but team young is, teams can prove that they have a foundation. Like, look at Duke. Yeah, I mean, well— Duke Duke is young, but that's all—that's, you know, like, that's a team full of five-star recruits. Like, that that's— Categorically, all all those guys are going to be gone next year. You know, the the, the cycle starts over for Duke. Yeah, that's 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 uh, you know that's that's Coach K's regime, right? Gets gets really good one and dones, and they leave. And the guys who stay, he builds. And so finally, when he runs out of one and dones, he still has a good team to get behind. You know, which is good. And that's what any that's what any any school should strive for. Um, but. We don't have too much time left, so let's break down uh, the big thing going on today in basketball besides the Mizzou game, the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Uh, the matchups for today uh, for the challenge, KU's playing Kentucky, West Virginia playing Tennessee, Florida's playing TCU, Kansas State playing Texas A&M, Bama's playing Baylor, UT against Georgia, Vanderbilt's playing OU, South Carolina versus Oklahoma State, Iowa State versus Ole Miss and Arkansas versus Texas Tech. Which one of those excites you the most? There's a few that's, I mean, number one, I think I think this is good for anyone, but basketball school is KU and Kentucky. Those are yep. to be always KU pretty good. KU and Kentucky will be fun. I think uh, Press Virginia versus uh, number one, Tennessee. You know, I think that's a, that's a really intriguing matchup. I think Texas and Georgia is pretty good. Texas-Georgia is really an underrated matchup because both of those schools, 
fly under the radar in terms of being really good at basketball, but they are. They're great. You know? But I think the one thing that we need to address here is the missed opportunity. It gets missed every year. And you know you can blame you can blame the athletics department at KU. You can blame the athletics department here in Missouri. You know I don't know who you really want to put all the blame on. It depends on what side of the border you're from, in terms of the Kansas Missouri border. But th- whenever I hear SEC versus Big Twelve challenge, my my first thought always goes to, why in the world is Missouri not playing Kansas? You know. Revive the border war. I. Everyone wants the border war revived, and I, I think what needs to happen is Mizzou needs to show that they can play with the SEC and not just a one-year Cinderella story last year. Well, but, but the thing is, like, it's not even about playing with the SEC because we saw last year um, for the, the showdown for relief game, uh, you know, it was this exhibition charity matchup between these two schools, which, frankly, like, didn't matter at all. Um, and I don't think the, the on-court product mattered either in terms of the atmosphere. That place was packed. Tickets sold out within, like, half an hour. Okay, but, yeah, but I see what you're saying. And you had the privilege of going that game. I didn't, Like, but, it's a draw. But, you know? Here's the thing about that. That was when... The number one recruit, Michael Porter Jr., was first time ever he's going to lace up in a Mizzou uniform. I don't think that mattered. I personally think it did. If Michael Porter was not there, I don't think it's this— the, It's the border war. I, I don't, don't think, think it, it would have mattered, mattered at all. It would not have mattered as much without Michael Porter. I In my eyes. I disagree. Because he's he the number one overall recruit for a reason. He, he was, and that makes sense. And I, I understand where you're coming from, but it's the border war. It's the, it's the biggest— it's the biggest rivalry that Mizzou has. Even though neither of those teams play anymore, they, we still hate each other. Like, that's just something that has, has never died. It's like A&M-UT, you know? If A&M was to play UT in basically any sport, the game would sell out immediately because that's what both schools want to see. They want to see each other, no matter how bad the teams are in general, go into wherever they're going and kick each other in the mouth. You know? So we don't have a lot of time, but I guess we'll give our picks for... I, mean, I guess we gave our pick for the Mizzou LSU game, but also give the picks for the SEC Big 12 Challenge games. All right. I think uh, I think K, I think think uh, Kentucky goes over Kansas. I don't play devil's advocate. I'm going to say KU over Kentucky. All right. Uh, I'll take Tennessee over West Virginia. I'm also going to take Tennessee. Uh, Florida is going to lose to Texas Christian University, the Horned Frogs. I'm also going to go with Florida here. I thought you were going to play with me a little bit. No, no, I, I think I think TCU is going to win. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to go with Florida here. All right. Uh, Texas A&M is going to beat K-State. I like that pick. I'm going to go with Texas A&M as well. In fact, that game is tied right now. 18-18. Anyway, uh, Baylor beats Bama. I like Baylor here. All right. Uh, I think UT beats Georgia. I'm going to go with Georgia over UT. I think the Sooners are going to beat Vanderbilt, but it's going to be a nail-biter. I think the Sooners are going to win as well, but it's going to be by double digits. Oh, all right. Uh, I think that South Carolina beats OSU. 
I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here. Mm, all right. Uh, Iowa State beats Ole Miss. I like that. Uh, and then I think Arkansas beats Tech. I like Arkansas as well. All right. So there you are. We have Kentucky, uh, bo- and then you have Kansas. Both of us went with Tennessee. I have TCU. You have Florida. We both go with AM. Both went with Baylor. Both went with UT. I went with Georgia. Oh, you went with Georgia. I went with UT. You went with Georgia. Both of us go for OU. Uh, I go for South Carolina. You went for South Carolina as well. I went for Oklahoma State. You you went for Oklahoma State. My memory's so bad. Both of us had Iowa State. Both of us had Arkansas. And both of us had Arkansas. So there it is. Thanks for tuning in here on Sports Saturday. Brought to you by B&B Bagels. A special thanks to them for... Working with us here at the station. Um, you've been listening to KNC Sports. Uh, our show is always on Tuesdays from eight to nine. So if you want some, uh, if you want some sports with your coffee in the morning while you're going to your nine a.m. class or while you're getting to work, make sure you tune in for that. KCOU is online at kcou.f. M and also on the, uh, I believe it's the TuneIn app, I think is what it's called. Um, there's plenty of apps on your phones that do radio stuff, and I've, I've found us on every radio app that I've gone on. So it's not too big of an issue. Just type in KCOU 88.1 FM. Other than that, um, make sure to tune in tonight for the, uh, for the big game against LSU. Um, hopefully it's not as bad as we predicted is. Uh, I suspect it will be. Uh, other than that, have a wonderful rest of your weekend and tune in for the rest of Sports Saturday. More sports and things of that nature coming up as soon as we're gone. Have a wonderful rest of your day.